This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. So today, I'm really excited to share a naked life story, and I am here with Danielle Valdino. Welcome, Danielle. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Annie. Oh, that's so awesome. So um, what I love to do is just kind of start at the beginning for you. So why don't you dive in? Okay. Um, well, I've, we'll start at the beginning. So um, I first started drinking probably around 19. Um, I didn't, you know, drink in, in high school or anything like that. I was actually kind of a goody two shoes amongst my friends. I remember getting upset at my still best friend um, for like taking a sip of apple pucker at a party when we were 17. I thought she must be some kind of raging alcoholic. And so they kind of teased me for that. Um, but around 1920, I was introduced to alcohol. Um, and I would say, you know, I, I feel like I had a normal experience in my early 20s, you know, college era. I never really, it never occurred to me that I might have a problem or I was using alcohol in a way, you know, in any different way than anyone else. Um, I met uh, around age 23 or four, I met my now ex-husband, Brian. Um, and I think around that time, my life was very hectic. I was just finishing up college and I had signed a contract to join the Navy as a nurse. Um, and I was supposed to be moving to North Carolina within the year, pretty much of when I met him. So we got engaged very quickly and I moved to North Carolina on my own in about 2011. And the plan was for him to follow me within the year. And I think this is where, this is where I kind of pinpoint the milestone of where my drinking went from fun friends, weekend kind of binge drinking. So like I was using it to help me cope. Um, my first weekend or my first week in North Carolina, I discovered two things that are very important that Walmart sells wine. It, you could not buy wine anywhere, but a liquor wow. store you could get at least at that time. It's very accessible. And it was, I could get a bottle of Moscato, which was very sweet and easy to drink. I'd never had it before um, for less than $3. So I thought that was the best thing. And I would stock up on it whenever I went to Walmart. And that's when I started this trend of drinking most, most nights, even weeknights. And I was by myself. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I kind of defined it as self-care. You know, I'm, I was 24, 25, living alone. It was, it was very lonesome there. I didn't have a lot of friends. I missed my fiance. Um, but about maybe nine, 10 months into that, I did start to make friends there. And I did start going out. At, you know, on the weekends, and of course, still my fiance wasn't there. And I, that's when I started to have some behaviors where I was like, you know, this it didn't, it didn't feel congruent with the, with the life I wanted to be living. You know, I wasn't acting very appropriate. I was living, I was living this like single woman life, but I wasn't a single woman. Um, yeah. So I just kind of chalked it up to, you know, he's not here, I'm lonely. And I, I just kind of swept it under the rug. And then he moved down, um, you know, within the first year or so he got there. And then that's when my drinking really, I feel like took off. We were, we, it was standard for us to have wine every, every night with dinner. Um, I started drinking, if he wasn't home and he was traveling for work, I would still drink a pretty, pretty heavy amount by myself. Um, marriage. I don't know if marriage is ever what you expect, but it was definitely not what I expected. You know, I would just wasn't prepared for how hard it would be. And so um, I was drinking to cope with that. Uh, there was just, you know, being a new nurse and new to the military, everything was, was very stressful. And I was, my only coping skill was drinking. Um, so that, 
um, I was there for like, I was in North Carolina for three years. So my third year there in 2014 is the first time I said, okay, maybe I have, a, maybe I have an alcohol problem and I need to stop drinking forever. This is the first time I ever entertained this thought. And that's when I found Alan Carr's book, the Easy Way to Control Alcohol. And it worked like a, like a charm for me for like a month. And I remember I finished the book. I did as he says, you know, drink your last drink, make it something you don't necessarily love. I had a gin and tonic, heavy on the gin, and I hate gin. And I didn't even finish the drink. And I was like, oh my God, I must be cured. I didn't finish a thing of alcohol. And I told my husband, um, I remember sitting in the kitchen. I said, I'm not going to drink anymore. I think it's forever. Can you deal with that? I don't know. I don't know why I put so much weight in. Can he deal with that? But I was, you know, I was like, is this going to embarrass you? I think a part of me wanted him to say he couldn't deal with it. So I'd have like an out, I guess. But um, I don't remember necessarily his reaction, but I remember mine. And I just burst into tears when I said it out loud. Like, I think I need to stop drinking forever. And I remember feeling like I was mourning the loss of a best friend, like alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what am I going to do without this? And so I lasted, like I said, about a month. Um, in, in, you know, of sobriety. And then I, did you find the month pretty easy or pretty hard or was oh, it? it was the first week I was like on, you know, on cloud nine and I just felt the best and I wanted to brag to everyone, but it was around my birthday and we had, uh, we went camping with some friends or, you know, like in that, in that weekend. And I, was like, I found myself pining for alcohol. Everyone was drinking around me. So, you know, it wasn't the best birthday. And I was obsessed with it. I remember I had to go back to our tent. You know, at the campsite, and I told him, oh, if I can do this, like, I'm about is the fact that you guys get to drink warm red wine out of a box. And I can't like, quote, unquote, can't, you know, and I was obsessed with that fact. And then I really, I started to get scared. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to face to face this. Um, so then I found out we were moving to San Diego, where I'm at now, um, for the Navy. And I thought to myself, well, I definitely can't be sober there. You know, you have your breweries and your vineyards and, you know, boozy brunches and cocktails at sunset and, you know, how I'm going to ruin both of our lives if I'm sober. And so I, I picked up drinking again. So like late, uh, 20, this is 2014. Um, and it just, you know, the, I, we got here and my marriage was still not the best. We were separated again geographically. His work put him in another, another state during the week and he'd come home for the weekends. And it got to a point where, you know, when he, I was very unhappy. And when he left on Sunday night, I would open my, my super, I got like a really sweet red wine for some reason. And I would drink that every Sunday night, like clockwork, even when I said I wouldn't, and I wouldn't buy the bottle. So I didn't have it in the house. Um, I would try to sit there and around eight, seven, eight o'clock at night. It's like, it was calling to me from the liquor store at the end of our road. And I would go get it and I would drink the bottle and sometimes more than a bottle. And I knew it wasn't I knew it wasn't what I should be doing, but I never questioned, I never thought there was another way to, to mm -hmm. cope at that point, you know? And so um, we eventually, we had divorced in um, 2015. And I know for a lot of people, divorce is like the catalyst or the, the rock bottom that they have that causes them to think about maybe quitting drinking. But for me, it, it kind of had the opposite effect where I was like, you know, well, now I'm living this divorcee life and isn't it all about like wine and feeling sorry for myself and coping and I'm dating again. And, and I just, my drinking really catapulted like mid 2015. And then by the end of 2015, I remember I weighed myself 
this was, this was the big thing. I weighed myself and I gained like 25 pounds in like the short time during my divorce and, and, you know, my marriage going downhill. And so for that reason, I thought I need to stop drinking. So the second time in my life, um, I thought, you know, maybe I need to stop drinking. So I went to an AA meeting like late 2015, early 2016, and it was awful and traumatizing. Um, and I will say it's my first AA meeting there, there have, there's, like that's a little later in the story there's been more sense but this first one was awful and i i was like those are not me these are not my people and if and if if i ha admit that i have a problem drinking and at that time the only way to quit drinking that i knew of was to go through aa so if that was the only path there was i said f that i will i'd rather die drinking than however have to go through this and like identify with quote unquote these people and so i walked out of that room and i drank for another year and a half um so for that next year and a half, it was like Groundhog Day. Like I, I did, I would drink nearly every single night. I would drink, you know, a couple glasses of wine up to a bottle of wine, maybe a little more by myself normally. Um, but that's not to say there wasn't, I could do a lot of damage from inside my own little home. Like, you know, texting people I shouldn't, calling people, shopping online, eating junk food, smoking cigarettes. It was like, I could do a lot of damage in a very small, you know, in San Diego, my place is like 600 square feet. I did a lot, I was like a little Tasmanian devil in this place. <laughs> like I'd wake up the next day, like I didn't even leave. And how did I do all this damage? Um, but I, I did also go out the weekends. I was binge drinking. I was at the end, I was blocking out nearly every weekend. Um, even with, it seemed like just a few drinks, I was blocking out very easily and I started to get concerned. Um, and then, yeah, so that, that brings us up to like last summer. So almost a year to the day when I decided um, for the last, for pretty much the last time, or I'll, I'll say to start my real recovery journey last, it was like June 25th is when I really decided to make the change. Awesome. So then um, what was it that was the catalyst at that moment? I know you said blackouts, but was there any specific day or anything leading up to it? Did you prepare for it? Um, oh, I, I didn't prepare for it. Um, I, um, I, I remember that the, the town I live in does like a, a big daytime festival for like a chili cook-off and it's, it's a big drinking event here. Um, and so I had, I had done that and I had been drinking all day long. And for me, it was not uncommon for day drinking to turn into one in the morning, closing down the bar drinking. Like if I went to a brunch with girlfriends, I never wanted the day to end and I would chase that buzz all day long until I just couldn't anymore. And so that's kind of what happened on this day. I started drinking, it was June 24th. I started drinking very early in the day, um, drank all night long. And I had a boyfriend at the time. We, you know, we didn't hang out with each other all day long. And then um, it just, it wasn't a good day. It was, it was, it goes down in history. It's one of the worst days of my life. I just barely remember the whole day. And um, I, our relationship had already been on the rocks and my behavior that day just kind of ended the whole thing. And that was, you know, that was sad in and of itself, but I really realized on June 25th when I woke up that I was doing this groundhog day thing where this was like the third or fourth relationship I had ended in this manner. And, you know, since including, including my marriage. So since my marriage, I hadn't had a healthy relationship, you know, in, in the, the two years that I'd been divorced. Um, I really had never coped with the divorce. So that kind of explains it. But um, anyways, I just woke up on June 25th and was like, you know what? I don't care if I die of boredom and lonesomeness. And if I have to go to AA, I don't care what I have to do. I need to stop drinking. Like I, it was like, I one day woke up and just learned the lesson that my the universe had been trying to teach me for so long. And um, 
so I, I ended up going, I went online and I went on Amazon and I think that's where I ended up finding your book. I was looking at Alan Carr's book again because I knew, I was like, that's the only thing I'd ever had success with in the past. You know, the longest I'd been sober was after reading his book. And I think yours came up as a suggested one. And I was like, oh, you know, this, it kind of, it sounds a little similar, but more in my demographic, you know, like it, it spoke to me more when I was, when I was um, looking at the preview. So I ordered that right away. Um, and yeah, it's, so that was, um, yeah, June 25th was the day I decided to like change my life forever. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's so cool. And Thank how you. cool about a year. That's really, yeah. really cool. And now you've done so much. So how's the journey been since then? Oh, the world is, I know a lot of people explain this when they're in recovery, but the world just like cracked open, like things like it felt like miracles were happening everywhere when I just like opened myself up to things. Um, so let's see. So I, I pretty much chugged through my, you know, alcohol free life on my own. I, I don't really have like an, I didn't really have any like sober friends here in San Diego. Um, but I, I, so I started a blog, a secret blog at the time, but now it's not so secret. Um, because I, I was afraid every day that I would start drinking again. I didn't trust myself. So I didn't want to like, like put this blog out there, put myself on blast. Um, but I also wanted to, um, savor that, you know, the early days, I knew that they'd be important sometime. Um, I was reading, um, Holly Whitaker's blog a lot and I loved like reading her earlier stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this, you know, someday I might be where she's at. And I like that she, you know, had a chronicle the whole time. So that's where I got the inspiration for that. Um, and then I went to a, she recovers retreat in Cancun in this, just this past May. And the, I found a connection there with other women that I hadn't even realized I was missing. And I was like enthralled and inspired and energized. I met people just like me, like women my own age and, and older and younger and all different points of their recovery, all different paths. And I was like, oh my goodness. So before I even um, left Cancun to come home to San Diego, I started a meetup group on meetup.com um, called San Diego Recovering Women's Social Club. And now, but without barely any promotion at all, just in one month, it's like over 70 women strong. And, wow. you know, I do like, I will, if I find things that are going on in the community, like meditation groups or yoga or like paint nights and stuff, um, we go as a group, we go as a sober herd, you know, it's things that aren't necessarily always sober events, but we go together and we are this, we make our own sober fun out of it. And it's, it's really awesome. Um, and then through, through some of those women and women from the She Recovers Retreat, I started to toy with the idea of AA, going to an all women's AA meeting. Um, so I started going in the last uh, like three or four weeks or so, and I go, I go weekly and it's just been amazing. Like I, it's something that had me shaken in my boots and terrified and crying and horrified of just, you know, a year and a half ago and, or, you know, yeah, a year and a half ago. And now I'm like embracing it. I love it. I'm just like, oh, I want to be vulnerability at every corner, every turn. And I'm just like, yes, please. I, I love it. I really embrace it now. So it's been quite a journey. But no, I don't so, cool. <laughs> so for people who are curious about going to AA meetings, um, I guess a few questions like your first experience to your current experience sound drastically different. Do you think it was because it's an all women's meeting now or that have a lot to do with it? Or is it just your mindset is completely different? Like you're in a place of, of vulnerability? I, I, I'm going to say it's, it's 50, 50, like both those reasons. When I first went, I never realized that there was all women's AA meetings or I probably would have gone gravitated towards one of those. Um, the one I went to was co-ed 
and um, it wasn't in the best area of town. So there, there was, um, there's a lot of transients in this area. So, you know, I was, I was very in this like othering stage of people like, oh, that's not me. That's, you know, that's not my group. That's not, but now I realize we're all, they are me. We're all, you know, we all are struggling with the same thing. So it's, it's the mindset too, but this women's group that I'm in now is just so, it's just so, so like I said, supportive and the connection. And when, when the other women speak, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like hanging on their every word because even if it's not exactly my story, I, I, I get it, you know? And so it, it feels really comforting to be there. Um, the other half of it, the mindset aspect is um, like, I'm not anti-AA in any way, but I'm anti-AA as the only way. And maybe even as the very first way for people new to sobriety, especially if they identify as like a gray area drinker, because right out of the gate, I wasn't ready to be vulnerable and do that kind of work. And that's kind of another thing that turned me away. Um, but by reading your book, like, you know, they use this naked mind. Yes. You know, it stripped my brain of the societal pressures to drink and the lies that the that marketers have told us and, and all that. But I've also realized it stripped my mind of a lot of that fear and turning away from vulnerability. And now, like I said, I'm just, I'm like embracing every opportunity for it and I'm ready to do the work that, you know, the 12 steps kind of takes us through. So that's yeah. amazing. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I think it is. It's, it's interesting. Um, just as you were talking, because I've heard this a lot recently and, and my experience with AA is pretty limited. I did go to one all women's meeting and my experience was very similar to your latter experience of just being completely in awe of the level of vulnerability and support and like the number of phone numbers that I got and the hugs. And like, it was just really, really a cool thing. Um, but it does, it does seem like you need to have had that moment when you're done to really thrive there. You know, it's not really for before you're done. It's like the trying to stop drinking AA is where I think people get really um, discouraged because it can be really frustrating. But like when you've decided you're done, then the support and the community can, I mean, I think probably all aspects, but just from, again, it's not my experience, but what, from a, what other people have told me that just seems to be a bit, true where it seems like it was true for you too where you're in a place where you're in two worlds you know it's really hard to be in a world of that's you know so black and white but when you're in the place where you're like all on all in then it becomes really empowering to be in that world right i agree yeah i think the 12 steps are um they really offer like a great framework you know for people who don't know who don't really know where to start but they're but they're ready to get to that point you know so it's that's I totally agree. That's so awesome. So um, your blog, <clears throat> it's now, so it's gone out of its secret hiding place uh -huh. and now it's, it's quite public, which is cool. And I think it's called Morning Soda. Is that right? Right. It's mymorningsoda.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the inspiration for the name? Um, oh, the Morning Soda. So when I, when I very first started on this recovery journey back in, you know, last June, I, there was a new coffee shop that had opened up here. A friend of mine opened up a coffee shop and I went to visit and they had a drink called the morning soda and it was um, cold brew, uh, tonic, and a splash of uh, house made uh, like a strawberry uh, syrup. And it was so weird and intriguing to me. And so I ordered that. And then as I went, it took a while to make it. And as I was standing there, I'm like, you know, I, I felt like, 
really excited. Like I was watching them shake it up and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I kind of feel like I used to feel when I would order a drink at the bar. And then that's when it kind of clicked for me that like, it's not the alcohol that makes me like happy and excited. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just like, I can get that from other experiences from these, um, you know, just from trying something new and different. And like, this is, I'm feeling excitement without any any substance in my body. I didn't even have caffeine in my body yet at that point. You know, I just felt like naturally super energized. Um, and then the other half is that the drink is delicious and I love it. So it's like, you know, a little ode to that drink, but it was like bubbly and then the tonic and the coffee. And it was just so good. And I'm like, wow, you can have tonic with things that are not gin. And, you know, it was just like this culmination of like, I was like, bam, 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 hit with all this inspiration while I was drinking this, this coffee drink. And so it just kind of, when I was making my blog, it was just the first thing that kind of rolled out of my brain and I went with it. Oh, that's really cool. I like it. It's so unique. And it does like just kind of speak of uh, even the name morning soda. It was like, okay, like that. I don't know. It just has a good, even without knowing it, I liked it. So that's really cool. My friend, um, my best friend, she is very much the same way where she just loves the little things, right? She loves the little glasses or the ice cubes being a certain way or, you know, this, the mixers and stuff. And so for her, it's like really, um, not about necessarily the alcohol. It's just about like the presentation of the drinks and all this stuff. And I think it's really cool to find that feeling of anticipation and excitement in other things and just be open to the fact that that's possible, you know, which is, right. it, it is totally possible. Um, that's really, really cool. That's awesome. So, so now um, what are you, what are you doing blogging and you've got this incredible group that's you know 70 people is amazing um is there anything else kind of on the horizon oh i have i have a friend who keeps wanting to start a podcast with me but <laughs> i'm not sure yet um i was i was so sad when home podcast um ended so i'm like well you know there's there's always i guess there's always room for to me it, re like recovery is my whole world so i think though everything's just inundated with that kind of stuff but it really isn't from an outsider's perspective there's not a lot of podcasts on um you know on recovery or being or specifically like alcohol free and so i've been toying with that idea i told her maybe soon maybe someday um the blog i'm really i'm going into like old you know, older stuff I started writing in the past and didn't feel comfortable putting out into the world just yet. Now I'm returning to those and kind of cleaning them up and now posting them in retrospect. Um, the meetup is amazing. It's like every weekend I'm doing like five meetup related things. <laughs> so it, it's really cool. I'm melding with other meetups that I've discovered in the area. Like a, there's like a sober women's recovery or I'm sorry, a women in recovery um, workout group. And there's another one called Sober AF. And it's just, it's so cool. We're all just kind of joining forces and hoping to put on something really big for all of our members. So yeah, it's, there's that's a lot so of awesome. going on. Well, I haven't thought about writing a book yet. That's like, <laughs> but maybe in like several years. Well, the blog post can become a book, you know, that's really a lot of a lot of books are written that way which is really cool and i would certainly encourage you in the podcast thing as well i feel like if you have a heart for it you know i think one of the hardest things about a podcast is that you just have to show up all the time for the people right so you're like making a commitment that i'm going to show up every single week you know and and i think that that can get to be a lot over time um but you're really serving people by doing that because you know, it's such a cool form of communication. And I think that the, the more voices we have, like the better it is because 
guess what? Your story, you know, you've got military, like you're in the military and you had this experience with this young marriage and, you know, you are still very young and like your demographic, like there's people who are going to relate to you who aren't going to relate to me or aren't going to relate to Holly and Laura who aren't going to relate. So um, I think it's just so cool. So I would certainly encourage, encourage that um, if, it, if you feel like it's something you want to do, because don't, don't be intimidated by the fact that, oh, there's a lot of information out there. Like, Right. In in this space compared to like, look at people who are advocating for this, for, you know, living alcohol free um, compared to people who are advocating for like living sugar free or dieting or carbs or like the fitness and exercise arena or anything else, mindfulness. I mean, it's, it's minute, you know, we're like this tiny little army. So like the more people we have, you know, I think definitely and I think the blog is just super cool a um, lot of good stuff on there so it's really cool so um, two questions before we end but the first one and I think you already said my morning soda doc right and if they are in San Diego where can they find your meetup um, the meetup the address is um, www.meetup.com forward slash sdrwsc for san diego recovering women's social club and um, if it's easier we also have an instagram it's at san diego recovering women so okay very there's, cool. always, there's always something there's a you know there's a lot of like weekly standing things that go on and there's different there's retreats and like one-time type things and you know it's it's really awesome anyone that's in san diego i totally encourage them to to check yeah. it out that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, and then my question for you, you know, the person who walked in and out of that first meeting, walked into that marriage, felt like, you know, at the camping trip alone in your tent being like, yeah, I'd rather just drink to die than, you know, have to give it up. Um, what would you tell her about, about what life's like now? Oh, I would, I, words couldn't even explain what she was missing out on, but I think, the advice she needed to hear was just be quiet and listen to the universe because the universe had brought me so many things, so many signs that it was time to stop drinking and kind of ways to, to, to get out of it, to get out of the trap. But I was so wrapped up in my own mind and my own ego, you know, why do I have such bad luck? Why is my karma so bad? I'm just doomed. Like my whole life is just cursed. And, um, you know, why am I getting divorced and no one else is? And it was always very, like I said, very ego driven. And I never was just silent and just kind of listened to what the world, you know, or even my deeper self was telling me. So I would just tell her to shut the F off and just listen for once is what I would say. Well, that's so cool. That's really profound. I think that has like application on lots and lots of different levels. And yeah, the voices can be really loud. And we so often say, well, what's the point of being silent? Like, what's the point of it? Last night, actually, it was interesting. I was I'm getting ready to do a live um, presentation today and I was going to finish it and I was walking out to my office and it was just moonlight. And so I ended up just like sitting there outside for like a long time. And I was like, yeah, there's, there's no point to just being quiet for a while. You know, sometimes that's really cool. You know, and it wasn't like I walked out of there with any big epiphany or any big aha or any big, you know, discovery or moment. It was just, there was nothing and that was okay. And that was good. You know, that's really cool really cool well wow this has been awesome thank you so much for joining and sharing your story and it's just super cool and inspiring and i love what you're doing i love the blog i love the the sober meetup i mean that is just like so cool um and i think those are starting to pop up all over the country my friend jillian park is doing a sober af here in denver which is really cool and i think it's just like 
just lots and lots of this this voice is getting louder you know which is, is really cool so awesome. all right well have a great day danielle you too annie thank you so much thank you This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.